The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey there, changemakers. Welcome back. Our guest on the podcast this week is Yannick Silva. Now, he has been called a cosmic catalyst, a maverick mischief maker, and a galactic goofball. <laughs> he redefines how business is played in the 21st century at the intersection of evolutionary growth, impact, and fun. Now, Yannick is the creator of the Cosmic Journal. He's author of Evolved Enterprise and the founder of Maverick 1000, which is a global collective of visionary entrepreneurs making a serious difference in the world without taking themselves too seriously. In fact, it's not unusual to find Yarnick dressed as a lemur, a showgirl, or even in matching mermaid tails with Sir Richard Branson. So let me just say, you can already tell by his bio that, you know, Yarnick's kind of a little bit different. Um, and let me just say, I think you're going to love this conversation because Yarnick is probably one of the most creative entrepreneurs I've ever met. And I knew this from the first moment I met him about eight years ago now at a closed-door leadership conference where he had more colored glittery pens in his journal than anyone I've ever seen at a business conference before. And it just kind of highlights the way he thinks differently. He's, he's certainly carving his own trail as he, as he walks through the business world. And in our conversation, you're going to hear us talking about life and business and really kind of everything in between. So get a notepad because you're going to want to take notes. Yannick shares so many insights that have helped him along his path, inspiring like evolved enterprises, visionary entrepreneurs, and the way that he goes about making a real and massive impact in our world. And the title of our conversation is Fulfilling Your Destiny as a Cosmic Changemaker. And we actually came by this title because I actually picked a card out of Yarnick's Cosmic Journey Oracle deck that is actually published by Hay House just to see what the cards wanted for our conversation today. And this is what they came up with. So this has been our title. And we, we kind of talked through the importance and the inevitability of this and how it's needed in our world right now. And Yannick shares some guidance from the deck and even a little homework that you can take away and embrace in your life to help fulfill your unique destiny that, you know, might just be waiting for you to step in. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And that's enough from me. So let me introduce you to my friend, my colleague, Yannick Silva. Hey, Yannick, I'm thrilled to welcome you to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. Hi, Jane. Yeah, super excited. And uh, I, was, yeah, I was thinking about our conversation. What I was just, you know, our past conversation, I was really excited by and, and just super intrigued about what we're going to talk about next. 
Yeah, me too. And as you know, this is an emergent conversation, but our listeners have just heard your bio. And it is quite an unusual professional bio that you have, but I'd love to get your sense really of, you know, just help our listeners understand who's the real life human that's behind the bio. Tell us a little bit about him. Well, um, I have to maybe show you my mug. That's part of it. You have this this little bear, you know, I'll tell you about him in a second. And then I have... It's funny, I was wearing this shirt. It's got a big, uh, big lightning bolt. And so, yeah, my, my bio is a little bit interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I'm this, this bridge between uh, bringing more, more impact, more fun, more, more growth and evolutionary growth, really. Um, and at the highest level, like this, this, this cosmic coherence or this um, cosmic vision that that's coming in, but then grounding it into earth. Like how do we, how do we show up as, um, who we're truly meant to be? And, and for me, it's just like continually to walk that path of whatever I'm curious about or whatever's intriguing to me or wherever my heart sort of pulls me and realizing that, you know, other people are kind of interested in that as well as I go along and, and make the path, um, by only by walking it. You know, it it sounds to me like, you know, you're a real true pioneer in this space. And I just wonder, what is it in your life that kind of has brought you to this place? When you look back, you know, how has your reality, your life kind of shaped you into where you are today? And is it where you expected to be? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know, folks. I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I, th- I think for sure it's, it's got to be with my family. So my family are Russian immigrants came over in 76 when I was three years old and my mom really pushed my dad. He was, he was pretty comfortable where he was, where he was, but it pushed him and, and showed up here and kind of like that immigrant success mentality of starting from nothing and, and seeing what, what can be built and, and being able to, to just do whatever it takes. And so I grew up with that. My dad came over with, our whole family with $256. I think I get the number wrong all the time. He corrects me, but it's, <laughs> it's very close to that for me, my mom, my grandmother. And uh, very quickly, he ended up either get, he was going to either get fired or he had to quit his job at the hospital because he was doing work on the side. So very entrepreneurial. And he started his own medical equipment sales and service company. And so with any kind of family business, you grow up in it and you just do whatever, whatever it is. So at 14, I was telemarketing, 16 years old, I was out on the road, co-calling, but I only got a car if I went out and actually talked to doctors on this little 16 year old punk talking to, you know, 50 year old doctors. And so I got a huge head start um, in all sorts of things. But originally I thought I was going to take over my dad's business and then grow that. But I did end up growing it quite a bit through direct response marketing and learning. You know, I, I was definitely a weird kid in some ways because 16, 17, 18, I started listening to all these personal transformation tapes and audios and marketing things. And one of my mentors in, in via audio, um, nobody knows what a tape is anymore, but uh, Earl Nightingale, he would talk about if you uh, just, just, if you don't know what to do, just go the opposite direction of other people. I'm like, okay. he was like starting to put words into what I was already thinking. And he also said, if you want to become a expert, just study for one hour a day for three years, or if you want to become a world-class expert in any subject, study for one hour a day, uh, for five years. And I'm like, wow, that, that's, you know, really interesting. And I'm like, what happens if you do it for two or three hours a day? And, and I just got really also intrigued by this idea of marketing where you didn't have to, and, and part of it was out of necessity. Like I didn't want to cold call anymore. So part of it was like, 
I was really intrigued by just the psychology of how I could get somebody to raise their hand or even buy something without ever talking to them. And that skill grew and grew and then um, ended up taking my, my dad's business to more of a national presence. But then, you know, you get this, I call it cosmic alarm clock. And I've had multiple times and, and people might relate to this. It's a little small voice that gets louder and louder until you either hit snooze or you answer it. And the first one was like, you know, there's something more. And, and it was like, this idea of like doing something on my own. And, and so that was this stepping out and it was a very hard decision to leave my, my dad's business, but, but I, I continue to lean into whatever my heart is sort of telling me. Mm, I love that because in a way you're really following your destiny, aren't you there? Which kind of brings us to our title for our conversation today, which is about fulfilling your destiny as a cosmic change maker. So what does that mean to you? Yeah, well, well I'm, I'm going to throw it back at you. What does that mean to you when you picked it up? You know, when I picked it up, I just, I loved it because there's almost like a, a fatalism to this. It's almost like there's an inevitability to the change making that I'm deciding to do. And, you know, there is this call like you talk about and what am I going to do? And for me, I think of it a little bit in a soul kind of way. I think of, well, what's what's my soul whispering to me to do right now? Because my intellect and my head is very strong. It's very powerful. But I know there's a deeper space inside. And when I when I don't just try and figure things out in my head, when I actually get get quiet and listen to really what my soul wants me to know, the most amazing things happen. And that's honestly uh, how I got into this change-making space, Yannick, yeah. is through really listening deeply within and also getting a sense of this inevitability, this destiny. It's why I'm here. The inevitability is such an interesting yeah. concept. And, and can you show uh, the card? So everyone I can, yeah, about. yeah. Is, so where are we? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So fulfill your destiny as a cosmic change maker. And I love, you know, let's, let's touch on that inevitability. I think that's like destiny is such an interesting um, thing. I've, I've, I've been in rooms where I'm speaking and I say, you know, how many of you feel like you're destined for greatness? And, mm -hmm. you know, they're all entrepreneur audiences. And, and then I have them close their eyes and, and then raise their hands. And I, say, and I said, not from a place of ego or from a place of, um, you know, that I'm this person, but more about here are the resources that I'm meant to steward, or here's the, you know, incredible skills and talents that I have, and that there's something more. And, you know, a good majority of, of them would raise their hands. And then there's that little, I don't know, piece that comes back and it's like, well, who am I to do that? Or, you know, right. or, or something else. And, and a lot of times it's usually with this, it's a, it's a, I don't know, a feeling of, I don't know, a lot, a lot of excuses start showing up. And it's also like, am, am I really doing it? And, and then you have to take an evaluation and, a, and just a, a litany of, okay, where, where am I right now? Like, am I truly fully, fully showing up? And I, I talk about like connecting your head, your heart, your higher purpose. So your head is your, is your business side, the marketing side. Like, we don't want to lose that. And, and mm -hmm. for a while, when I kind of stepped away from the digital marketing world, I, I kind of really, I didn't love everything that was going on there. And I just really pushed away from it. And I'm like, I'm just going to, connect to my heart only and the heart is like the impact you want to make in the world and then your higher purpose to me is this is where your destiny comes in like why why were you why did you volunteer here why did you show up what you know what are you truly meant to do as i'll use your word a sacred change maker or as a cosmic change maker and and then it gets into you know that's not a it's not a five minute conversation with yourself right 
it's not a, you know, it's not your parent telling you what you should be doing. It's not your, you know, your, your, your friend. Like it's, it's really like you're saying deep soul alignment and deep soul listening. And, and that has to come typically from going quieter, going within doing this kind of evolutionary work to, to start chipping away at what, what isn't yours and, and what truly is yours. And as you get more and more successful, you know, so many people, I, I work with a lot of, you know, high, high end entrepreneurs and most people are like, well, yeah, it's easy for, for them because they're whatever they've already made it or succeeded, but, but it, it gets more difficult in, in some ways because you have reputation and you have this, um, I don't know, this like, like wanting, like sometimes you want to break out, but you don't know how to break out without almost like ruining or, or, or burning everything that came before it. And, and so there are ways of bridging it, but to make this next sort of evolutionary turn, a lot of times it does require giving up something or, or especially a part of our identity or, or something else. And, and so this idea of I'll, I'll read the card, Fulfill Your Destiny as a Cosmic Changemaker. It's from a, a deck that I created called the Cosmic uh, Journey Oracle. And it says, as a cosmic changemaker, you can create an impact through empowering those already making an impact to help the helpers, to support the supporters, to catalyze the catalyst. Call now to your allies of joyful abundance, your magical inner child, spirit totems, guardians, and guides to awaken you to your full power and knowledge of how this can occur. Perhaps your greatest leverage may be by helping support and augment what global visionaries are already doing in the world. Imagine the ripples of impact that occur in this way. So in this aspect, the cosmic change maker is thinking about, okay, who, who already that I know is doing something really interesting and, and whether it's gathering them together, whether it's nudging them along, instigating them. And that's, you know, what I really looked at my, my work a lot recently has been to catalyze the catalyst. And to, to bring those together and, and create a sandbox where they can grow, we can create an impact together and, and have some fun together. Yeah. And what's really interesting about that for me is I know in conversations I have with change makers, very often it people can feel like the weight of the world on their back. And just yeah. like you described there, they can feel like, oh my gosh, like what can I do as one individual? But that card there, it's really saying, well, you you can't really change the world by yourself. You know, re this really is a, a team and a collaborative effort. But having said that, what you do or don't do really does matter. Yes. So, you know, I think that's really important for everyone to hear that's listening to this is that, you know, the individual matters, but also you don't have to be alone in this journey. And again, it's this unique I don't know, balance is the right word, or maybe harmony is a better word, because it's like, if you don't show up as your fullest self, then, then, then the world is suffering in some way, because you're, right. you're playing smaller, or, or you're, you're just really, I don't know, like you, I mean, again, there's so many things, I, I call it the fear monster, and this little <laughs> fear monster, and, and you're laughing about my little puppet I have behind my, <laughs> my, uh, yeah. my shoulder here. But but he kind of looks like that, too. It's this little little fear monster that that shows up on, on our shoulder a lot as just like, you know, who are you to do that? Or, you know, is, is your health going to suffer? Is your business going to go down because you come out as, I don't know, the spiritual being and, and or, you know, sharing these these more weird things or, or you know, so yeah. many things. And, and to me, the best part is like give give voice to it. And I love journaling. Journaling is one of my favorite techniques for bringing more self-awareness and it's actually been scientifically proven to make us happier and 
So a lot of people have used journaling or maybe tried it and then gave it up and whatever reason. And, and then we get into our shoulds and have tos and, and all this guilt around it. But I love experiments and you try an experiment for, you know, it could be uh, two weeks. It could be 30, you know, for me, it's 33 days because it's more than a month and it's a specific number. And then you decide, do I want to keep this in my life or not? You know, I've done it with like no sugar or no alcohol, or I've done it with all sorts of things and meditation, like, you know, anything that you want to add, you know, but don't add like five of them at once. But, you know, you could try journaling, but especially this fear monster thing is a really great one to do. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is I'll use my non-dominant hand. So I will have oh, a wow. conversation ongoing. Um, so I use my, I'm a right-handed, so I'll have a conversation with my, start with the questions with my right hand and then answer as the fear monster with my left hand and then go back and forth or, or you can do this with really any archetype or any, any part. And, you know, your 11 year old self, like I think that card mentioned calling in your inner child. So you can do the same thing with that or any of your guides and allies, but that just brings voice to something that a lot of times we kind of try and suppress like, Oh, whatever, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, have no fear and I'm just going to, you know, go, but like you have to bring voice to it because it it means it needs to be out into the light in some way. And then once you have that, that voice and, and once it's, it's out there, then you can, you can look at it and you have awareness and then you can kind of put it on a skewer and be like, okay, well, let me, let me rotate it a little bit. Like what is, what's that really, really mean? And I just recently worked with a, a friend of mine, this guy named Tim Kelly, who's all about purpose work. And one of the things that he does, what I thought was great was he gives you a condition. So you, you make a list of conditions. So if you're going to do your greatest work, what's the conditions? Like put your ego to work, making sure that these conditions are, are there. So, you know, it could be around financial, it could be around, you know, love and support, it could, whatever it is. And then you set up this way that, that your ego can then go to work, trying to keep those conditions for you so that you feel safe to, to enter into your, your sacred change-making work. Mm, I love that. I really do. And I've got to speak to your journaling for a moment because you are epic. When you, this is the lasting memory I have of you, which because we met, I think it was like 2014, something like that, at a conference. And I remember sitting near you and you were journaling and you had more like colored and glittery pens than anybody I've ever seen at a conference before. And then I remember you showing me your journal and it was just so creative. And I now know that you've created, you know, you've actually done this with Hay House now. So people can actually get access to your cosmic journal. So I'll put the link for that in the show notes as well so that people can actually see that because it really one of the things I thought about it because I've been journaling for years, but not in the way you do. Right. And so when I saw your cosmic journal, it really like you tap into creativity at a really different level than other than kind of generally what we think about with journaling. So I love that. And is that just natural for you, Yannick, or is that something that you've developed over time? It's both. And and so every everyone is naturally creative. And then we start either comparing ourselves to someone else. Like I remember looking at somebody who I'm friends with, I'm looking at his journal and he was like an an incredible illustrator and cartoonist. And I'm like, holy, wow. Like that, I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, well, you know, every time you compare, you, you, you make yourself feel less than, and it's uh, like, I, so journaling was, it's funny. Like I started journaling, maybe more like a diary. I had it for like six months as a kid when I was like young, like 15 to 16. And most of it was about, you know, how annoying my parents were or like what was going on with school or these girls that I liked or whatever the case was. But there were like little 
interesting little nuggets. And I'm glad that I kept it because it was like, you know, maybe I'll be a Raider one day or maybe I'll, you know, whatever. And, and there's like just these funny little things uh, that were little sparks. And then I went back to journaling many years later um, after I'd already been in business and all my journals were, at that point were like black and white, you know, just normal. And then uh, as a kid, I wanted to be a professional hockey player and a cartoonist in the off season. And slowly in my journal, like as I saw images or things that I just took pictures of, I'm like, oh, I just want to draw them. And I would draw them for myself. And I, I realized that as that little creative outlet, it opened up more creativity in other areas of, of my business or my life or wherever it was. And then I added the pens and, and just like having the, the colors really made it more fun. And so journaling can really be anything that you want. Um, you know, usually it's like whatever, whatever I start journaling about is not the thing that I usually end up journaling about, but, but the deeper you go, the more meaningful it is. And, and you can also have like, so there's so many ways of doing it. Like, so there's no right, there's no wrong way, but it really becomes this, this beautiful place that you can a find patterns and themes. Like I, I love also the serendipitously, like going back into my journals and like, I'll flip through a page. I'm like, Oh yeah, that was a good idea. Or, or, Oh my gosh, I, I, I was worried about this thing and, and look what happens. So it gives you also more confidence about, what's going on in your life that you know that you'll be able to, to overcome it or, or that you see these, these kind of like cycles that really happen in our lives. Uh, and then I also use my journal a lot for just diving deep into an idea and right. especially a question. I love questions. Um, like the deeper your questions, the, the better your answers. Mm. And, and so especially um, when you're dealing with, with times when you're uncertain about what to do next, like questions are really, really powerful. Like one of the questions that really helped me when, when I was dealing with the sort of sidewaysness of my, my business and figuring out what I was doing was I asked, what would my 111 year old self tell me? And then I use my non-dominant hand to answer. And again, this is a process where it actually works almost instantaneously. Um, it's this uh, child psychologist named, uh, I think Lucia Carpaccio, who I don't know, made it more, more, uh, more evident, maybe it's been used before. And then one of my friends, Bill Donius has been using it with like fortune 1000 companies for innovation sessions. But literally all you have to do is put the pen in your other hand. If you're right hand put it in your left hand and you would shake your hands a little bit, just to get that out. And just intuitively, right. Like not, not even think about what you're writing. And, and it feels really weird at first because it's that hand is usually not been used <laughs> for writing in quite a while. Right. And, and it's going to be like, uh, this, you know, almost like foreign object and you're going to be laughing. It feels like you're going back to kindergarten and you're like, Oh, <laughs> you know, how do I make an E again? Because you have to go from the opposite direction. And, but right. it, it's really, really powerful. And, and it works at the highest level. Like we we're just on, on Necker Island um, for one of our annual retreats and I had everyone do it. I forgot what the question was, but one of, uh, one of, one of our Maverick members who's in, you know incredibly successful and, and he was like, oh, God, I've, I've heard this so many times. And he's done it. And he's gotten good results out of it. But he did it. And he's like, he's like, oh, God, Yannick, he did it again. Like, I got the answer I was looking for. <laughs> and it was different than what our norm, because it, it connects our, our whole brain thinking. So, so, again, like, your journal can be anything. And, and people also get freaked out a little bit about their journals. Like, oh, someone's going to read it or, or, you know, someone's going to find it. And mine are just up in my desk. And I know my, my daughter, who's now 15, she's like 13. She, I don't know, read through some of them. She's like, you, your stuff is really boring and you write really small. It's, it's not that fun. I'm like, yeah. Uh, but, but so, but if you are worried about it, you don't lock it up or, or do anything yeah. like there has been one time when it, it, 
uh, I wrote something in there. I'm like, all right, I really don't want anyone reading this. And I literally ripped it out and burnt that page. But, but most of the time, it's just such a beautiful place mm-hmm. to just get deeper and deeper with yourself. And, and, and that's where you're going to hear these little stirrings of what's, what's next mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And I'd love to take you back. I mean, you just mentioned it there to that kind of inflection point where you kind of decided to go sideways with your business because you were very successful in the digital marketing space. And one of the questions I want to ask you, and it's kind of coming from a personal space, this as well, which is that, you know, when you decided, when you were in that decision time when you were really deciding what it was that wanted to emerge what you really wanted to do and and move into this evolutionary space Yannick I mean were there any fears that came did your fear monster come up and and talk to you about like like losing credibility like you know people thinking you were crazy or whatever because it really was quite a shift to the side that you took and I'd love to get a sense of you know what was going on for you to actually enable you to make that decision yeah so there's this beautiful inflection point I call it what's next and it's it's such an easy you know it's, it's two simple words and but but if we really get to it it's it's uh you know a really deep conversation and a lot of times you you need you need to do that deep work. So for me, I have to back up a little bit. So, you know, what you're talking about in the digital marketing space. Um, so I had, you know, come up with this idea at like three o'clock in the morning, this thing called instant sales letters. And then, and then that did really well. And people are like, Oh, how did you do that? Could you teach me? So that turned into me teaching them how to take their information or knowledge and sell it online. And, you know, I had done pretty much everything in that space, all kinds of categories. And, and I, I, I really liked it and, and I couldn't go to any event or anywhere without somebody saying, oh my God, dude, you changed my life. I sell guitar lessons online now or whatever. And it's really fulfilling. But at the end of the day, and, and you know, had a lot of money coming in, a lot of, you know, the, the hot sports cars, you know, the, everything that you kind of see from the outside. And then I asked a really simple question, you know, again, the questions. And the question was, am I happy? Would I be happy doing what I'm doing 10 years from now? And in my journal, of course, uh, when I got uh, honest, the answer was no. And, and it was really weird again, because I was helping so many people, but it didn't feel like it was the fullest expression of who I was. I'm like, okay, great. Well, what would make me happy? And it came down to these three interconnected circles. And it was a, a dollar sign, a heart and a happy face originally. I'm like, okay, with well, that interconnects, that's a, a, a maverick entrepreneur. And we're going to do these, these maverick trips. And I want to hang out with my buddies and other founders and entrepreneurs, and we're going to take them on these unique adventures, combine it with business, combine it with some sort of charity. And, and that sounds awesome. I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. And so I, you know, I love like putting the stake in the ground and then you sort of figure it out. And, and uh, so I did that and I, you know, I didn't know if anyone's showing up or not, but we had like 26 people show up and uh, it was great. And then we ended up losing $40,000 on this Baja Doom buggy trip. <laughs> Right. I'm like, I'm like, ah, you know, it's okay. It's, you know, it's a, it's a new kind of venture. It's a new company. Uh, and then after $400,000, so this is the sideways part. My wife's right. like, um, what are you doing? And, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, and, and because I was losing so much of my passion for the publishing company, the internet marketing stuff, that just wasn't interesting, but that was the thing that was really paying for everything right. and, and even like paying for this new company. And, right. and it, was, it was like propping that up. And normally I would never do that. Like, it would just be like, Hey, like this thing has to be on its own. Um, but, but I had so much passion around it, which is sometimes this double-edged sword because it wasn't it, like, it didn't have the right business model. It didn't have the right 
dynamics behind it. And interestingly enough, during that journey was definitely a huge evolutionary growth because I ended up meeting so many, I don't know, different business icons that are incredibly well-known, but then also a lot who are unknown, who had all these bits and pieces of this puzzle, which became this evolved enterprise framework, Mm -hmm. which was how do you create a greater impact and a deeper why into what you're doing? And it starts from there. And then that builds customers that want to buy from you and, and, and really think of this as, as a deeper mission and become zealots for you and, and a baked in impact in the, in the product or service and all these things. And so that became part of the, the switch and the rewiring. And then like, it would have been really easy to go back to the digital marketing world and just be like, okay, well, I guess this, you know, let me just go back. But there's something that kept pulling me. And that's when it got really, like you were talking about the fear monster and all that mm-hmm. stuff, because now it was much more higher stakes because it wasn't right. like the other company before was sort of the open wallet, the open checkbook for everything. And, and, and that was like, yeah, great. Well, you know, we'll do a new project. We'll do this, this. I do new projects all the time. And, and then it was a, an inflection point of like, okay, well, what are you really going to do? And, and then it's like your, your self-worth as an entrepreneur so many times is, is connected to your net worth. And as you know, everything sort of tumbling and going down, you know, I was, I was selling my Aston Martin to pay for stuff. It was just like, I'm like, okay, like, let me go back to bedrock of, I've studied this personal growth and transformation work for so many years and, and literally went back to like, what makes a good day? What makes a good week? Like, like all of it. And then stripping away my identity from anything around my success as an entrepreneur or anything like that. And there were, there were really hard, dark times, but then, um, I, that 111 year old self question was one of my favorite ones. And the answer was light a thousand suns who each have the potential to light another thousand suns. And that's when we really changed the direction of what we're doing with Maverick. So instead of just being the adventure travel stuff, it was more of this evolutionary growth. And, and we changed uh, the dollar sign to a tree and it's a subtle change, but the tree represents growth. So growth, personal growth, evolutionary growth, but also growth in your business. And then the, the happy face and the heart. So the, the essence remained the same. So I had the seed of it right, but then the expression of it changed. And then we really got to our why, which was change the way business is played. Um, you know, things really turned around and, and when we got deeper into the mission. And, and thankfully, we we're able to, to, to figure out a way to, to make it work. And, and now it's, it's more connected than ever, but it's always been this evolution, like it's still an evolutionary growth because it, as I've evolved, it's, it's continued to change. But, but you asked Jane about like, how, how did I feel about like, you know, was I fearful about like other people finding out about different things or being more, more myself. And, and, and that's been part of this sort of evolutionary growth as well, because um, when we really had, so 2012, I started like, 2011, 2010, I started getting really engaged with like the Mayan energies and what was going on there during this Mayan calendar change. Mm-hmm. And some people were talking about, oh, this is the end of the world. And I never looked at it that way, but really an end of an era in some way. And so we would do a, a summit for our Maverick members, usually the beginning of December. And, um, and, and so I'm like, no, we need to go down to the Mayan Riviera and, and be down there during this time. And they're like, oh, you're crazy. That's four days before Christmas. And, um, I'm like, no, we really have to go. And then it, it worked out that we were able to spend the night in this Mayan village and have ceremony with this amazing shaman inside this, um, this Temescal, which is a, a Mayan sweat lodge. And, and so when you go in there, it's completely black. It's, it's uh, incredibly tight. It's, um, you know, all, all the things that, that if you've ever had bouts of claustrophobia, you probably don't <laughs> want it. I've, I've had bouts of claustrophobia before. 
and and it's dark it's hard to breathe in there because they bring in like a lava rock and they put water on it and and then they do ceremony inside there. And but the symbolism is it of it is that you're going inside the womb of the earth to be reborn. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to, you know, experience this. And and so at one point I, I thought I'm not, I'm not staying in here. And I was the last person in, so I could be closest to the door. And and to get out, you have to like clap three times if you feel like uncomfortable. And and so, but I, I was this is before my meditation practice. And and but finally, as I relaxed into it and surrendered, like it was incredibly joyful. And then finally, when we're done, everyone yells and there's a big boulder that's removed out of the door. And we came out and there's another group of us um, who had been in earlier. We were the second group and they're yelling three, two, one. Like we literally came out, Jane, at midnight on the solstice. <laughs> like it's not like the shaman's in there with like his glow in the dark Mickey Mouse watch or something. Right. Like it, it's just like this thing, like and, and the synchronicity of all of it like we were late getting there because there was an accident on the road he was like like this like all these things that had to come together for Mm -hmm. this to like literally i'm getting a little bit of goosebumps as i'm Mm -hmm. talking about it again because it was like the first time ever that i felt like it was the perfect time and space like i didn't want to be anywhere else it felt like it was the ideal spot and it really helped solidify for me that that is the direction of where we want to go with these entrepreneurs because it you know, it's, it's really to help them uncover their greatest work and then support them in this kind of sandbox. Mm, I love that. And just before we leave this topic, I want to just ask you, you know, like if you were to go back to that inflection point where you were considering, you know, kind of moving off in a different direction and really f- fulfilling your destiny, maybe as a cosmic change maker, then, you know, what advice would you give yourself back then? What was it you needed to hear when you were just at the beginning of considering it? Well, I mean, the beginning of considering it was easier than the the spot where it's like, yeah, running out of cash and you're like, what, <laughs> right. what are you doing? Um, so I think there's like two points and, and you know, everyone's in a different spot where sometimes they have that fear of making that leap into whatever mm. they really want to do. Mm. And it's, I've, I've always believed that the road opens up as you walk it, right? Like, like the universe. Right. So I have this little, um, this little plaque here on, on my desk that, that my, my business partner Sophia created for me or really for everyone that was, um, and so it's, it's like, trust, trust the universe has even more in store for you than you can imagine trust the divine timing, trust your crazy ideas, trust your wings will grow when you leap, trust your nature, trust you've been encoded with a cosmic alarm clock, trust the signs, symbols, and synchronicity sent to you, trust the co-conspirators catalyzing your conscious evolution, trust the perfect unfolding of your understanding, and trust your divine connections. So that's a big one to Mm -hmm. lean into that aspect of of trust. And then I, I really think that you start seeing these these signs and these symbols and synchronicities along the way like that, you know, that synchronicity I mentioned with the Temescal is a huge, huge one. Like it was like, Hey, you know, pay attention. Like that's that you're, you're really on that right path. And as you make these little movements forward, I think the universe meets you in some way. Yeah. And, and especially, you know, if you keep a journal, it's a great spot to keep those places of, uh, of, of where it is. So you can really start seeing more and more of the magic that's, conspiring to to help nudge you in that direction of your destiny and and you mentioned you know go back to inevitability um i feel like we keep getting presented opportunities over and over again to to be in our fullness and and to take that 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 step you know it could be a little little step it doesn't matter but but it's a little bit of forward progress and and whatever it is 
Um, and it could be a tiny, tiny little one, but, but just doing that is really powerful because then something's going to open up a relationship's going to come about a person you're, you're supposed to meet. Like it's so, I mean, I'm sure you could count so many times that just the right book or person showed up or the right opportunity. And, yeah. and it only could happen by a little bit of a forward progress. So that's, that's the part. And then find others who are, who want to support you on that. And especially that don't have an ulterior motive, um, yeah. you know, who are really just there that want to see the best in you develop. And, and then also, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot better at this, but don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> especially yes. the timing, like the timing, the divine timing. And, and I get wrapped up in this a lot and, and, um, and I've gotten better. Uh, but, but it's still like you get the vision or you get the inspiration and then it's like, okay, well, I want this to happen immediately. Right. And it's not always in that timing. <laughs> no. I'm learning that because I'm shifting my business at the moment. So this is why I was so interested in your response to this, because I'm actually kind of going sideways a little bit. And there is some fear for me here as I really delve into Sacred Changemakers and I'm closing what has been my main income streams through Coaches Business School and pulling everything over to Sacred Changemakers and only working with people who are in this evolutionary space, who are using their business as, you know, a, kind of a vehicle for making a real difference, but also a vehicle for expressing their soul, their full potential in the world. And there's a, there's a little bit of me still that's a little bit like, am I going to lose all my credibility when I do this? But it, yeah. it's fascinating because what you're describing is exactly my experience too. The more I let go of kind of figuring it out from my head, the more I let go of the strategy and I just listen and like you just said, trust, the most amazing synchronicities just happen and things that I couldn't have even imagined. And I know it sounds cliche and a bit like a bumper sticker to say it, but honestly, that's exactly what's happening. So I do want to ask you a question though, because very often people in this oh, space- wait, before, so hold on to yeah, that question. So I, want to, I want to point out one thing. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, as a start, I started as a copywriter, right? So language is so important to me. Right. And I think it's especially the language that we use with ourselves, the language we, you know, it all shares a story. So as you're saying, you know, I'm moving sideways, like think of the image of that, right? Like, mm. so verse saying something like, you know, I'm, I'm evolving what I'm, yeah. what I'm doing or I'm evolving who I'm, who I'm working with or, or something like that. Like there's a different energy to that. Yeah. And, and it, and it's still like the sideways doesn't feel like I'm going anywhere. Like I think of it as this evolutionary sort of cycle, right? And you keep going back to the things that you're really good at or things you loved as a kid. And, but you go in with new eyes as well. And to make those leaps, like you have to let go of something um, yeah. because it, it's higher and higher these evolutionary cycles. And, and some of the best ways of letting go of it is typically teaching or, or sharing in some way, because then that opens up, you know, space for, for what's next. And, and, I suggest that all the time for leaders. It's like, Hey, go, you know, go share. And then, and then you're free to, to move up to that next spot or whatever it is. So hopefully you didn't lose your, your question, but I just want to point that out. No. And, and as you were talking there, I'll just comment back because you, as you were talking there, I, I felt actually it's not sideways. It actually, it's almost like a, 
it's like a core it's going in mm-hmm. deeper mm-hmm. to the core that's what it feels like to me and and there is like you said there feels like an elevation because the interesting thing about it is it's about streamlining and simplifying and because of that i feel lighter so there's an there is a feeling of elevation yeah, yeah, yeah well, absolutely. which is interesting well, so and yeah. also the right people will show up and uh, yeah it's you know where, where i wrote this this thing uh and I'll, I'll close the loop on that and, and which was i wrote it so we, we did that annual retreat on necker and for a while i did it with a partner we, we uh did it together my buddy joe polish and then he brought half the people and i brought half the people and then one year he's like well i don't know if i you know it was just kind of like well i really love that i bring my family and, and richard and i are so aligned around what we do and values and different things i'm like all right well i think we're going to do it on our own so we can really control everything and, and he's like yeah i don't love islands anyway and just this whole thing <laughs> and um and so that was the first year and even like we didn't know we could fill it and just all of it and then that was i woke up early just feeling nervous about leading all the sessions on my own and i woke up before sunrise and that was what i wrote in my journal mm-hmm. um watching the morning star come up and watching the sunrise and then that was the first time ever i read anything out of my journal it was at the end of that week and, and the energy and the people who came were a little bit different as well as more of a kind of a spiritual business combination. And, and, and so it was Fasa Sophia, who's, who's my cousin, head of our experiences and works with base. So she had this, these made for everybody. And it was really cool because um, I went to one of my friend's house who came to our trip and he lives in a huge house in, in LA, outside of LA. I don't know, you know, 10, 20, $30 million house. I have no idea, but huge. And right on his, um, not mantle, but right when you walk in was that plaque. And I'm like, wow, that really means so much. And I, yeah. so it was so incredible just trusting and, and opening up to trust and continuing to. Hmm. All right, I'm ready for so your my question. question. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my question is this, and it's something that's very alive in our community as well, where, you know, it's kind of speaking to polarities that we that exist in our culture right now. Whereas when you're thinking about business, we tend to think we can either have a full profit or we can have a not-for-profit. So why did you choose business as a way to really express yourself as a change maker, Yannick? Yeah, I love, I love that. So it's like we, if we have a new way of thinking that we can hold these paradigms too. Like, mm-hmm. So it doesn't only have to be, I like and instead of or, right. right? And, um, and so, so many times um, when, when people get maybe exposed to some of these ideas about, oh, you can add more impact into your business and, and that's going to actually improve your business. That sounds, that doesn't make sense. It's like, well, so I'm going to make a donation to it. Like that's an expense or, or right. you know, adding these, these projects and things that we would be doing are expenses. Like, why would we want to do that? But so I, I have a pragmatic answer. And then there's also a more soulful answer. The pragmatic answer is that we are in this seismic shift going on for business and business as usual is just not working. Uh, and, and you can see it through uh, buying behavior. So, so customers want to buy more every year. It's been gone going up and up through surveys and different things that customers want to buy more from companies that are, have a greater mission, a greater purpose, greater impact in what they're doing and, and a genuine one. Like, you know, so we're inter, more interconnected than ever. So things that are kind of fake or, or, you know, pink wash or green wash will, are, are more, much more easier to sort of suss out. And then they get spread even more because it's, it's just, it's just fake. You want authenticity. So, that's one of the factors happening is outside in and then inside out, which your team members want to work for a company that has a greater mission and purpose. And they're even willing to get paid less. 
So you have both these factors converging and that is a seismic shift that's happening. And from a soul level, like it's just more fun. It's just more fulfilling. It's more like, why wouldn't you? Like as soon as you get rid of the idea that I, I have to do this and I, or I have to do that. And to me, a lot of it starts with language. And, and so it's like, you know, when we, when we use words like, or phrases like, oh, it's just business or, yeah. um, you know, well, business as usual and, and things like that, like, like all those ways, like we can think about, it. and also like, and I got on somebody the other day about, about, there's a couple things too, like giving back, you start thinking about like giving back in your business. And I'm like, well, you know, giving back implies that you've taken and, and as an entrepreneur, you're a value creator. And, and so the only way you stay in business is by providing value. Like one of the first things I ever wrote in my journal way, way, way back was I get rich by enriching others 10x to 100x in return what they, what they pay for. And, and so if you're constantly thinking about how are you providing value, then it's not about giving back. It's about, it's about giving or giving forward. I like the word impact. Like it's, it's like you can create these, these other languages around it. And then even like things like direct to consumer. Like if we get rid of, or, or, you know, reuse that word, like consumer implies that a individual, a human is simply there to consume our toothpaste or our gel or our, you know, program or whatever it is that we're putting out there. That's not a really great way of, uh, um, well, let me take that back. There, there, there are higher ways of, of expressing who that that individual is uh, in, in relationship to, to your corporation or your, your entity, right? So if, even like thinking about them as a community, a totally different mindset. And, and so, you know, DTC, which is direct to consumer can also be changed to DTC direct to community. So like, you know, these little simple shifts really help as well. And even like, I don't know, like we use a lot of like language that, that has to do with like, like war and, 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 and this like fighting back and forth, like, um, like targeting and, and tripwires and all, like, we don't like, there's other ways of expressing what we, and, and it all, it all seeps through. So the other part of what makes business so exciting to be this leverage for making a difference is that there's so many lever points. So you got your, your supply chain, you got your talent within the organization, you got your, um, uh, your actual voice or distribution, you got the product or service itself. Um, you have your employees. So I call it empowered employment. Like who could you be bringing in? So that's not even touching our capital or, or our contribution in any way. And again, I love experiments. So you can decide maybe there's one, uh, one of our brands that you want to use and, and apply something and see what happens or, or do it for a limited time and see what happens. But if it comes from this genuine place of what's the cause, what's the thing that I really want to write in the world, or who are what do my customers ultimately want to see evolved or write in the world, then then you start in that spot. And it doesn't have to be also like cookie cutter, like so many some people have heard about like the Tom Shoes model, the buy one give one. Like oh, we're just going to do that. But that, you know, sometimes that's the right fit, and sometimes it's not. So that's when in the Evolved Enterprise book, I have 11 different impact models that, that you can look at because I love examples. When you see examples and it's like, oh yeah, I can add this or these different ways. And, and really there's so many things you can do. It's just limited by your own creativity. So there's one company called Pacific that does uh, soups and, and non-perishable goods and they work with a food kitchen. They just take all their food in and uh, once a month they shut down their production line, which makes no economic sense. But it's great for their team because the team gets the creativity of coming up with new recipes and different things of all these right. food products that they've got. And then they come 
out comes the other end of these non-perishable goods and they've uh, saved something like 300 or 400,000 pounds of, of food from spoiling just from that one process. So like what's the unique talent you have within your organization? So there's so many ways of leveraging and making that difference. Yeah, and I, I love that. I'm totally in alignment with you. Um, but I'd love to ask you, you know, you, you've written a book on this and I will put that in the show notes for everyone. <clears throat> and it's a great book. I, I remember buying it when it first came out. And um, and in that, you're talking about evolutionary enterprises. And I wonder yeah. if you could just define that a little bit for our listeners so they get a sense of what do you mean by evolutionary enterprise? I kind of like that better, evolutionary enterprise. So I called it evolved enterprise. Oh, that's you did. That's but, right. But I like evolutionary <laughs> enterprise because that, that implies that it's continually evolving and so forth. Uh, but but to me, it's this idea of of connecting. So it starts with you as the founder and entrepreneur. It's like you going going in and and really discovering your own, like you know the way you call it, the soul's calling and sacred change making work. Like it has to start with you, and then it's expressed outward. And so it happens either from a company re kind of like re looking or re remembering their real why, like what what was the why? Like, like why? And, and a lot of times you can get to that by simply asking why five times or seven times. And you just go deeper and deeper and deeper. Like, you know, why did you want to do what you were doing? And, and so like, when you start getting like, so for, for instance, like for you, Jane, like the work that you want to do here with now with sacred change makers, I bet if we got to the why and the why, the why is probably very similar to what you were doing before. It was to, yeah, it is. to help change the world in some way through, yep. through business and through entrepreneurs and now you've just continued to refine it and get it more, uh, more aligned to, to, to where, where you are. And so we can go back to our why. So as an evolved enterprise, it's really, how do we, how do we create that, that impact through our business that is actually going to serve ourselves, our community, our families, uh, the world even more so, and which inevitably creates actually a greater profit in all different ways. Yeah. And I, I love that because you're actually talking about what I would see as an expanded horizons for change. And I'll tell you where this comes from, Yannick. Like I've been in the change industry for over three decades, working with some of the largest global brands and senior teams. And I can count, and I've, I feel some shame around this in a way, I can count on one hand the amount of times I've opened up the conversation away from the individual, the I, me, mine, whether it's me as an individual and my career and my leadership and my team and my department and my organization, you know, into the, but what does the world need from you now, right? Into that space of what's the impact you're having on the whole, on the world. And, and I believe this has got to be the way that, you know, we, we take change in a way, but also where we take business, mm -hmm. because I actually see this as the future of business now. But what do you think about that? I agree. And, you know, it's, it's where, you know, how I, I talked about connecting your head, your heart, your higher purpose. Mm. And when I, you know, really, I kind of walk away, I was like, I almost like forgot a lot of my marketing, not forgot, but didn't use a lot of the marketing skills because okay. it felt like there's too much gray in some of the people that were, were in, in the market where I was and didn't want to be associated in that way. And, and so it's like, you know, you, you need to, go back to so it's it's not a bad thing for have people saying well what about me what about my department what about mm, you know mm, my business absolutely it's like we want to align that with 
yes the greater good so it's like it doesn't have to be an either or again no it's the yes and, and like you're talking yeah about. exactly and, and yeah. so it's like and even even just like simple things when we think about our lives like it, it was interesting um I, and I didn't remember this this piece I've been re-listening to a Wayne Dyer thing and he was talking about being kind and he talked about some some study about um about I think it was serotonin or dopamine I can't remember which one but but it was something about like that they analyzed someone when they were being kind to someone they got this uh, this incredible feeling and then the person who received the kindness also got the incredible feeling and somebody who witnessed the act got the same incredible feeling as well. And that's what I find really fascinating is that we're wired that way to like, when, when we serve and we give, like it, it actually serves us as well, but it can't come from this like martyr aspect or this, right. uh, or this, you know, everyone's probably heard of and seen like this idea of like, you have to fill your own cup first or the simple, like you got to put on your own oxygen mask first <laughs> in the plane. and it's a real thing. And, and so, so many times you might want to like jump that spot and be like, no, well, I'm, you know, the mission means everything and I'm just going to sacrifice everything for the mission. And you see this a lot, especially in, in nonprofits or even more like if there's companies that are really, really designed as social enterprises first, like mission first. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it doesn't serve ultimately the mission because it's, uh, it's, it's pouring from an empty cup. And, and so they have to feel full themselves. And that's why it starts with, or everything starts with you. Every, you know, all that, that work is you and it's continual evolutionary work as well. Um, but, but if you're not feeling full uh, or you're not feeling safe or the foundational aspects aren't there, then you can't do the, the big uh, globe changing, world changing work. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I really want to ask you about, um, you know, all of this work that that you're doing in this kind of change making space and the the uh, evolved enterprise what i want to know is what is it in service of for you i mean what's your why what's your mission with this work um there's there's probably two one is for sure that light a thousand suns who each have the potential to light another thousand suns yeah. uh, because i always think in terms of this leverage and multiplication and and then you know, what are these ripples of impact? Uh, and, and then really on a bigger, broader level, it's how do we, how do we nudge consciousness uh, even by one degree using the leverage of business? Um, how, do we, how do we bring in, you know, what I would even call the cosmic coherence and down into, into the, the business world? So, all, you know, everything I've always done is through entrepreneurs. And so it's, it's like, how do, we, how do we align in that way? Um, and I think it's it's just bringing a cosmic vision down, or being a cosmic change maker, as we as we talked about. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And so, I mean, what advice would you have for people who may be an entrepreneur today but haven't really thought about this bigger vision of of what they're here to do, or even their destiny in any way? I mean, do you have any advice for them to really think about things, or maybe reimagine their business in a way that becomes more evolved as an enterprise? Yeah, so I, I love questions, right? So that question <laughs> we talked about: well, what would my hundred eleven year old self tell me? That's a good one. Um, and you can sit with that. And I love also sitting with questions, maybe in nature, maybe by the water, anywhere that you can get away from your day to day. That's a huge one. Um, I also like Brene Brown's question that, that I kind of cribbed and I think I changed a little bit, which was uh, what would what would you do even if you knew it would fail? Mm. So it's, it's like this idea of if we're not attached to our outcome or success or whatever it is, like what would we truly exchange our life force for? 
that's a really big one. Uh, and, um, and, and just like what, what truly feels like play for me. Mm. And, and I have this, this aspect of, I call it playfully, profitfully and purposefully. Um, and it's, it's like not just play to play, but like playfully is like the fullest expression of, of who you really are. And, and, and you can tell those moments when you're just fully engaged, it just feels like play. And, and that's, everything else to me is a, is a byproduct. And, and so many times as entrepreneurs, we, we think first from the profit fully aspect, but, but it's all interconnected as well. And that's why that there's three circles that I originally came up with, like they're all interconnected, mm-hmm. like the, the dollar sign, heart, happy face, you know, a tree, they're all interconnected. And it's, it's very similar that play fully purposefully and, and profit fully. So they're all interconnected and you can start on any aspect of it, but the one that most of us don't start on, but has the greatest potential for doing something more interesting for you is to play fully and also don't get wrapped up in. And again, this is where I can get wrapped up in it is like, what is it going to turn into? How, you know, I'm, I'm like, Oh, well, I, could, I think I could sell this as a thing, or I don't know what, like, and, and just allow yourself to, to play and experiment. And that's how the cosmic journal came about. And it's just um, 108 days of every single night. I would just meditate or whatever came through me, came through me, you know, and I was never fully expecting to publish it or put it out. It was just really for myself. And then it started becoming like this oracle that I would use and share it to friends. And they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. And so like it takes on its own life. And then, and then as you mentioned with Hay House, like, so they, they got a meeting with them and then turned into a, a, a published book and journal and then a set of cards. So it's like, you never know what is going to turn into from your play. Mm, I love that. So what question is alive for you right now? Oh, Good question. I don't have the exact question, but it's a continual sort of thing that I wake up with and go to bed with. And it's this refinement of the cosmic vision of the, of, of this, of planting seeds and lighting suns and the, the blooms that come forth um, and this whole entire interconnected ego verse of, of just how to refine it and how to simplify it and, and so that, how does it, how does it play with all the people that I love the most and, and where do they slot in and what does that look like? So that's, I don't know, it's not, maybe not a very uh, cohesive answer, but it's something that I can, you know, been literally playing with for the last 10 years, almost of, of refining it and refining it. And, and I feel like I'm, I'm almost there because we're going to put out our vision for, for 2030 for our team, for our partners, for everyone. And, and like, it has to be so simple at one level and then have different levels of greater and greater, not complexity, but, but more detail so that anyone can understand it on a deeper level, wherever they want to play in it. Yeah. And I love the way you answered that because you did it in a way that means that, you know, very often when we think about questions, we just try and collapse it into something that's very clear and very specific but the way you answered that, it shows that you're actually living, you're walking your talk, you're living it. Because even in the questioning, it's continuously evolving for you, which I just love, Yannick. Yeah, really the, do. the <laughs> questions are so powerful. Um, and I, I have a little notepad on my phone that I keep good questions. And it's like, just so, so powerful. Oh, brilliant. Okay, well, I'm noticing the time. So I have loved our conversation, but I do just want to finish with one final question. 
And it's this, if there's something that you wanted to share today, something that's kind of alive for you right now that we didn't get to, maybe it's some words of wisdom for our audience, or maybe it's just something that's bubbling up to the surface right now. What might it be? You know what, let's uh, let's go back to the card because we, I forgot to, to share the homework. So that'll be the, oh, I'll okay. be the perfect end. So there's, there's, a, there's a prompt. So there's a, each of the cards has, has prompts for you for journaling. And so this is, it's called the Cosmic Catalyst. And the prompt is, so again, from our familiar destiny as a cosmic change maker. So the Cosmic Catalyst is, who do I know who is already making a significant impact? And how may I be of greatest service to them? So that's your question to, to sit with. And then there's something called the Cosmic Checkbox, which is an action item to be done within 24 hours. And it's all optional. So it says, make a list of a dozen ways you can support those you have identified in the Cosmic Catalyst prompt and then reach out to make it happen. So there you go. I'll, I'll leave, I guess I'll leave the audience with some homework. <laughs> Thank you. My goodness. Thank you, Yannick. I have totally enjoyed our conversation and I know our listeners will have learned so much from you. Thank you for your creative insights and everything you shared today. My pleasure. Yeah, so much fun. Thanks, Jan. Okay, guys. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all the resources and the links for our guests in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. And a big thank you to the members of our Soul Business Academy, who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community, who are helping us make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for more soul in your life and business, if you have a sense that you have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intentions and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.